most of our opinions are formed by other people's opinions unfortunately what's happening unfortunately is opinions is taking precedence over truth uh, look at how india is represented in newspapers outside it is not done as much through news articles as it is through opinion pieces through op-eds uh, so as an example if a woman stood up and said and this is you know reverse illogic right i am a woman i feel unsafe in india therefore india is unsafe right people who are looking for that kind of news would end up trusting that narrative it is like saying ki mujhe garmi lag rahi hai isliye dhoop hai thank you for joining and a shubh dipavali to everyone welcome everyone i want to start uh with a presentation i think we have about 20 to 30 minutes for a talk i'd like it to be uh fun and informal and then we open it up to questions um so with your permission ma'am i'm going to start sharing the screen um and jump straight into the presentation we're talking about today about the war against fake news and media bias and i think all of us know this very closely as indians uh and at some point or the other have suffered the way india has been depicted to the rest of the world you see on 17th december 2012 you know please note the dates here on 17th december 2012 uh three different news snippets came in different parts of the world one uh an actor in his 40s got a 15 year old girl drunk and sexually abused her and i think this was in the uk second there was a 29 year old man called john anthony vega who raped a woman in her 70s uh, and was later sent to jail for it he was convicted for aggravated assault attempted rape involuntary deviate sexual intercourse burglary and a whole bunch of other counts uh, and and this is a man in his 20s raping uh, imagine how heinous you have to be as a man in your 70s raping somebody your grandmother's age and apparently the lady kept shouting the victim kept shouting ki listen i am your grandmother's age on the same day you had a man who play, who who pleaded or pled guilty uh, for killing a 74 year old woman this is a different case from jan and john anthony vega uh, so he raped and killed a 74 year old woman and he was finally convicted uh, and and sentenced on the same day 17th december 2012 but how do we in india know that day we in india know that day for what is now known as the nirbhaya kand look i've been i've been very public about the fact that even one rape is way too heinous to be taken lightly i personally am of the opinion that the strictest of the punishments need to be given to anybody who cannot treat another woman with respect right but look at how the narrative was spun around this on the day you had these three uh, out of many hundreds of such incidents in the west what you saw in the media the narrative was that you know only in india cows are safer than women right you saw articles and opinion pieces being written all over western media you saw images uh, obviously with a very uh you know communal bent i mean if you just look at the color scheme uh and and the uh, the imagography that you see here clearly it was somehow 
presented as india is the only country or our culture is the only culture where women are treated the way they are right we've been suffering this bias for the longest time what happens when when you ignore all the other women in the west that are having to face a much worse situation and compare and then you keep highlighting india all the time is the real victims out there in the in the west the 74 year old woman uh, who got raped and ended up in hospital and finally dead the 15 year old minor child that was sexually assaulted after getting drunk those real victims uh, are ignored because somebody has to pedal an anti india uh, agenda purely by losing sense of proportion right? but guess what if you actually look at the data around sexual abuse it becomes very easy to prove that you know what crimes against women is not related to any one community any one country any one sect right it is a gender crime that is unfortunately uh, it is global in nature there is no country where you do not have uh, sexual abuse or crimes against women etc happening and it perhaps um you know purely in terms of the number of crimes that are reported and the number of crimes that are uh, for for which people are convicted uh india on a per capita basis actually happens to be far better than a whole bunch of other countries it is just that one single incident gets spoken about a thousand times you know wo bolte hai ki 100 baar jhoot bolo to sach ho jata hai that's what has happened with india being projected as the rape capital of the world let's look at another, another quick narrative here most of you would have seen slumdog millionaire when you watch slumdog millionaire uh, i'm sure you remember the scene where uh, where this boy falls into uh, a, a pool of human feces while trying to catch a glimpse of uh, his favorite superstar right india is always projected as a country which is filthy dirty uh, and this is not new this has been happening from the times of salam bombay uh, or much earlier in fact poverty porn is a real business i mean there there are dollars and cents value Uh, to projecting india as as a filthy nation but look at hollywood on the other hand whether you have clint eastwood whether you have tom cruise whether you have daniel craig as james bond even when they're running away from a bomb blast they're wearing a suit ek daag daag dhabba nahi hai suit pe ek crease nahi hai and and that's that somehow supposed to be uh, what the west is about even when the avengers were bang in the middle of uh, uh, of a very active war scene you will not see any amount of filth grime blood dust or dirt on them right and a picture says a thousand words uh, and and what do we see when we watch pictures or movies like lord of the rings or aquaman as these two movies are from when you look at new zealand where lord of the rings was shot when you look at aquaman uh, when you look at australia where aquaman was shot this particular scene you tend to imagine that the us and new zealand and australia are really really clean countries right that's a narrative that has been set through hollywood what does reality look like if you look at sustainability data if you look at the amount of waste that is created per capita right look at where united states is you know 26 uh tons per person per year and compare it to where india is which we are at 0.19 uh, and now compare it to the images that you've actually seen and it's the same story when you when you leave the hollywood narrative alone and look at data or look at facts uh, whether it comes to per capita waste 
whether it comes to uh, to composting whether it comes to carbon emissions aviation fuel emissions or even if you look at meat consumption i mean all of us know how uh, uh, beef production is the single largest source of uh, methane pollution that is create, created created globally every year uh, and mind you all of this data is official government data united nations data world bank data none of this is private data none of this is uh, is something that an agency or a survey or whatever has come up with right? all of this is official government data and the truth or tatya is out there for us to see that when it comes to sustainability when it comes to cleanliness when it comes to waste when it comes to carbon emissions india has our culture our economy naturally has enabled us to be far ahead of countries uh, where you have school going girls telling us uh, how we should be managing our own uh, ecology right uh, unfortunately what's happened and i use this whole example of crimes against women and sustainability uh, as narratives that are created either by either by news media or any other media hollywood being a great example uh, you know the truth gets butchered by post truth as i call it the narrative factories the narrative engines unfortunately uh, leave no scope for people to even figure out ki bhai sach kya hai what happens though when we hit this situation why does it happen right there is this fascinating data uh, it has a it has an american context but it's equally applicable to any part of the world given that we are increasingly living in a polarized world right people want to talk over each other not to each other now what happens here is you have the blues and the reds the democrats and the republicans who all seem to be talking to each other the blues are an echo chamber the reds are an echo chamber there is hardly any conversation happening across these two schools of thought as you can see the density of conversations amongst uh, right wingers and amongst left wingers is, is is so high compared to conversations among them this is not limited to the us alone it is not limited to politics alone right uh, here's an example of the uk which has a multi party system um and how conversations are always clustered around people who have the same party affiliation or the same ideological affiliation right and it's not just about political affiliation it's also around sub topics so if you look at gender rights if you look at union rights if you look at education uh, if you look at uh, economics people who have a particular point of view are only looking to others of the similar point of view uh to get their to get validation for what they're looking at i mean sangam talks is a great example right uh if you're watching sangam talks chances are very high that you're of a particular political leaning or ideological leaning uh and it's it would be fair to assume that not many people on the other side uh even care to watch sangam talks i'm not saying whether that's right or wrong there's no judgment here it is just that we each happen to be happy within our influence group right uh what happens when we are all comfortable if we are all comfortable just seeking validation right uh, to use an ekta kapoor serial example uh you know two guys walk into a into a diwali party and one of them is saying kare bhaiya aap to jach rahe ho the other fellow says nahi nahi bhai tumhara kurta ekdam jach raha hai right uh 
and both of them end up praising each other, not knowing what's happening in the outside world. And we've taken a digital form of that where most of our thoughts, most of our, uh, most of our opinions are formed by other people's opinions, unfortunately. What's happening, unfortunately, is opinions is taking precedence over truth. Uh, look at how India is represented in newspapers outside. It is not done as much through news articles as it is through opinion pieces, through op-eds. Uh, so as an example, if a woman stood up and said, and this is, you know, reverse illogic, right? I am a woman. I feel unsafe in India. Therefore, India is unsafe. Right? People who are looking for that kind of news would end up trusting that narrative. It is like saying, right? We are all watching this and it's, it's, it's dark here. But if somebody gave me the space to say, because I'm feeling warm, therefore uh, it is 40 degrees outside, then you would say, but when the same thing happens uh, through opinion pieces, uh, it somehow gets accepted. It somehow gets normalized. Right. What is our response? And this is where I'd like each of you to cross your heart and think about it a little seriously. I genuinely want each of us to introspect. Every, every time somebody bashes India, misrepresents the truth, uh, calls your culture or your community somehow uh, subpar or below normal or whatever, how do you react? More often than not, we get angry. We say ki ye conspiracy hai, wo conspiracy hai. You know, we go and give galis on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever it is. You know, we all get on our WhatsApp group and share screenshots and links. Say, aisa kaisa bol diya isne. Now somebody goes, uh, somebody goes and, and uh, puts an allegation on the author. Four people go and say, ki yaar, ekdam sahi bola, bhaiya, apne kya thappad mar diya, blah, blah, blah. I honestly want us personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I want each of us to start thinking beyond our frustration, thinking beyond our anger, and actually asking the question, ki, when we go on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and give that gali, it could be abuse, it could be gossip, it could be slander. What are you getting? What are you getting out of it? You know, A uh, couple of years back, I confronted somebody in Delhi that was very happily uh, spreading some rumor about me. Right? And unfortunately, at that time, I was really disturbed by it because this person was, uh, I thought was a friend. Right? I mean, this person had come home, spent time with my kids and all of that. And then I found out from multiple people that he's been spreading rumors. Um, you know, and I was, I was talking to some other person and I said, why can't he just get a point of view uh, on, on at least what I have to say about whatever he's spending? Um, and this person I was talking to, a, a very dear lawyer friend of mine, he said, Chodo bhai, aapko kya karna hai? Gussa ho ke aapka BP high ho hai. It is somebody else's ignorance or insecurity because of which they are saying and doing whatever they want to say. Why are you getting worked up about it? Uh, and it made a lot of sense to me. And unfortunately, I see a lot of us getting worked up and responding in angry ways which only end up hurting us and helping people on the other side who claim victimhood. They'll make a note of it and say, oh, no, India is a very tough country. We can't even express our opinion, etc. Et which is why we came up with this whole idea of data reveals, where we said 
all we need to do is replace opinions with facts and why am i saying replace opinions with facts because guess what the truth is actually on our side we don't have to counter one wrong opinion with another wrong opinion we have to take an opinion which is fundamentally false and just bring truth out there and say ki hey you're a lazy journalist that's it right and that's how uh, and that's why rather data reveals was formed um, the website is datareveals.org and I'll, i'll show you a little bit about it but broadly you know i'm going to give a 2 3 minute overview of data reveals um, as i said the objective is to just take replace opinions with facts so every time in hollywood or in a stand up comedy show or uh, in a newspaper or a website somebody say something about india we go and say ki look we are not saying india is great or not great all we are saying is we are taking that as instead of a truth we are taking it as a hypothesis and let us just test it if somebody says india is filthy let us test it if somebody says oh india has too many abductions let us test it if somebody says ki you know नीरव मोदी और मेहुल चौकसी पैसा लेके भाग जाते हैं एंड ब्ला ब्ला लेट्स जस्ट टेस्ट हाउ मेनी बैंक शशांक भावराज advice and guide uh, data reveals but more than as i think uh, i'd like to spend a minute on who i call the volunteer volunteers which is a spin off of volunteers we have a very strong team from you know luxembourg to chennai to delhi to mumbai to singapore obviously a very strong set of leaders that lead various verticals uh, and, and and these are really the strength of data reveals right we've run programs with vanastari vidyapeet and with rashtram and i'll tell you why i bring these two examples specifically for those of you who don't know vanastali is the oldest women's university in india this women's university in india was set up when women in the west did not have a right to either vote or go to work aap sochiye the so called progressive western world women were still struggling to find some sense of identity for themselves and at that point of time india had bharat mein banasthali hota was set up which was meant specifically for uh, which was meant specifically uh, to teach women rashtram on the other hand is one of the newest uh, sort of uh, new age schools it's, it's only a couple of years old focusing on public policy and public leadership and that's the broad spectrum of um, partnerships we've had to run training training programs uh, we've been blessed uh through these training programs where we teach people how to use data to bust these media narratives um we've had professor ghosh from ahmedabad ratan ji sharda nisha ashish dhar and ashish chandorkar who've come in as faculty and taught taught our analysts uh, specific things and and mind you all of these are open programs free for registration right there's no uh, there's nothing you need to commit other than your time and enthusiasm we've also had we've also been blessed with people like most of you might know garibo ka economist ashutosh muglikar uh, we have uh, vk raman uh, who used to head the bfsi vertical at tcs amritanshu kumar githika upadhyay shridhar gundrotu everyone has come in as a mentor to help people and teams 
build the skill to analyze data and to and, and to bust these narratives right a uh, quick list of uh, of everyone that graduated uh, our training programs uh, with distinction more importantly we realized at some point that you see i i'd like to remind you to go back to those graphs you saw one which busted the myth that india is the rape capital of the world the other graphs which busted the myth that india is a really dirty and filthy place right while we are putting all our data out there as a free resource for people to use we are putting all the infographics and graphs out graphs out there at the same time we realized we needed to draw people in to change the narrative this is people who don't who might not chance upon us automatically right um earlier this year we organized tathya which is which was a huge conference uh, uh you know as you can see we we were honored to have spriti ji and suresh ji come in for the keynote addresses uh, but a whole bunch of people that are experts in their own fields uh, to come in and discuss data with us to discuss narratives with us to discuss long term solutions not just complain not just whine not just crib about it not just outrage but to actually think of how we could make india be seen factually and fairly uh in the world's eyes how do we get our fair share of due from people who might not have the ability or understanding to give it to us uh we keep doing uh, what we call data talks uh, i think this is once a month where we pick a topic uh so for example when we were discussing uh, hollywood and bollywood uh, we had uh, ravina tandon and uh, Uh, Vivek Agnihotri and Nikhil Singh Rajput coming. You know, while discussing the Afghanistan situation, we had the former Rochi Vikram Sood, uh, Nitin Gokhale, Sushant Sareen, uh, and I'll let you go through our. You know, some fascinating videos we have uh, on, on on ecology, on how do you survive COVID, uh, on Bollywood, on our defense situation, on new age governance, on new age narratives. you know there was a fascinating video that i myself was part of first fascinating conversation with anand ranganathan and shamika ravi where we busted all these happiness survey and democracy surveys purely on an academic basis right we're not saying whether india is more democratic or less democratic than anybody else right all we're saying is the way the survey was conducted was subpar at best if the survey was done by an academic institution for a phd or whatever it would not have passed the test of peer reviewed uh, passed the peer review test uh, so we keep having these fascinating conversations and you're welcome to join in those conversations sometimes uh, to summarize what we do we conduct training to help people build the skills to look at news a little more critically rather than taking it on face value uh, not just news but media we 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 conduct analysis and and uh, do a lot of this narrative testing we put infographics out there uh, and this is specifically for you as an audience we put these infographics out there because every time you hear something being said about india please go to data reveals and check if you've done an analysis then you'll be able to respond factually and powerfully in a way that nobody can prove you wrong right it doesn't matter how powerful an author is how famous a celebrity is if they are saying something wrong instead of going and giving them a gali instead of abusing them instead of labeling them 
use a piece of information that disproves their competence and that will not just be satisfying for you that will be a sustainable response to the kind of narrative that builds against india right and of course data talks which i talked about once a month series the interesting part about this and this is where i'd like uh, you know to put the bigger message out there the interesting part about this and, and this by the way is a common slide uh, some of you know about the other project uh, that i co-founded the india pride project i say this all the time about india pride project uh, any of you that have attended my talks that we've had no funding no employees and no authority and it's the same principle here with data reviews not a rupee has come in not a rupee has gone out right everything is done only by volunteers and obviously we have zero authority and why i say this is because this is typically the set of excuses people use for inaction a lot of time people keep people keep whining about something they'll keep whining about it they'll keep writing articles about it they'll write books about it they'll speak at lit fests and then you ask them ki yaar iske bare mein aap kuch kar kyon nahi rahe ho why are you not doing something about it and they said and they either say yaar karna chahta hu but paise nahi hai aur they say yaar karna chahta hu but koi saath nahi de raha hai aur they say yaar karna chahta hu but koi karne nahi de raha hai i'd like to for those of you who don't know about india pride project check out what we've achieved there check out what we've achieved at data reveals and know that real change real impact is possible even if you don't have any resources backing you magic happens when the right intent get together gets together and that's a message i want you guys to take home right and if you don't believe me here is a live example uh and and this is a part i want you guys to pay attention to because i think this is literally the most interesting part of uh, uh part of my talk today you know when we started data reveals many people came to us and says ki kya yaar you are going up against huge media houses and hollywood and publishing houses and all of that you know do you think this will actually work right ki you know there, there is so much of funding that is uh, you know that goes into making india look terrible you know they have a 100 year history over us are nahi wo you know white privilege wala lens hai unka colonial lens hai they will never make a brown person look good etc etc so for almost 6 8 months uh, if not a year people kept telling us that this will not work right uh, and here i'd like to show an example of of how the team persevered to actually make things work right those of you in india obviously all of us have been following the covid story look at what the narrative around covid used to be right bbc goes out saying you know does india have enough doses for all its adults right and this was as recently as 3rd august right uh, npr says you know india is the world's biggest vaccine maker but only 4% of indians are vaccinated blah 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 people were alleging that uh, you know india was supplying vaccines to the rest of the world but didn't have enough for its own population right uh an atlantic went to the extent of saying you know why the world should worry about india you know nobody is talking about where the virus originally came from but suddenly india is being made to look at as a villain which the world should worry about india is being made to look uh, uh incompetent you know that we can't vaccinate our own people india is being made to look like a loser in the covid narrative where attention has shifted away from the source to one of the biggest victims of the of, of the pandemic Here is what we did. 
we simply got together and put a put the data out there because people you see people were only talking in terms of how much india has not done nobody was talking about what india has done in terms of building administrative capacity or vaccination capacity right uh, we said okay let's just do a, a quick research on how many days does it take to administer 1 crore doses or 10 million doses india administers 1 crore doses in one day what india does in one day united states does in 11 uk does in 56 days and new zealand which is a much touted model does it in way over 100 days right suddenly we had the world looking and saying ha yaar ye to baat to sahi hai covid is as new for everybody else everybody all governments are as confused don't know how to react but look india has been able to uh, build a capacity that other countries can't even dream of or can't even come close to i mean kahan ek din kahan 50 din ya 65 din ya 100 din right and here's what happened when we put this out there and we did nothing with it we did not hire a pr agency we didn't you know go to a news channel nothing right on the 4th of september this year we just tweeted this graph out uh we are blessed to have a lot of well wishers who take this information and spread it ahead and i hope each of you is able to do that as well data rvls are our handles on instagram twitter facebook everywhere so anyway 4th of september we put this information out there on the 6th of uh, september we had mygov republish very similar uh, data uh, and and the government put its date to wait behind pushing this narrative on the 13th of september just a few days not even 10 days later uh bbc had to given an acknowledge india's vaccination capacity which you see is very interesting if you compare it to the news report earlier and on the 18th of september uh barkha show discussed uh, barkha that show discussed this whole thing uh invited me put the same graph out there etc uh and you see when someone like barkha goes out there talking about india's success in building capacity you know the narrative has changed right from uh, you know from western media blah 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 saying that you know the world is at risk about india to talking about india's vaccination capacity is a big flip and if you notice after september 18th uh, well uh, starting september 4th there is definitely been a change in the tone around india's vaccination capability right and finally we have who approving our drugs etc etc um the reason i'm saying this is when people ask us this question will this actually work i'd like you to see this and know that truth as an antidote truth as a vaccine to narrative actually works in fact truth is the only vaccine or only antidote against narratives it could be narratives against an individual against a community against a country doesn't matter right why does this work as uh, an nl I'll also ask you. I'll also tell you. You know, why does this work as a solution? It's not the first time India or the Indic culture or whatever is being held in terrible light. Right? It's been happening for decades. Right? The challenge I find personally, and this is where I'm going to be very blunt, and many people don't like me because I'm way too blunt. Right? Uh, I think we spend a lot of time complaining and whining and playing the victim card as much as we blame the other side. We spend a lot of time. focusing on the problem kare how did how could they say this about india shame on them how dare you right 
or oh you know who allowed so and so person to write an op-ed in so and so magazine right so half the time our jealousy our insecurity our frustration which is natural for it to come out i'm not saying no unfortunately we stop there we stop at discussing the problem not discussing the solution right we go on our whatsapp group and say kya aapne article padha kya kya batmis type ka likha hua hai you know you 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 read a book where india is shown in a terrible light and then you take a screenshot of that book and share it etc etc matlab puri ki puri talks and conferences keval outrage pe khadi kar dete hain log right and and i find that uh, uh, a, a little self defeating because that's what that's exactly what the other side wants the other side is you see in a narrative battle in an ideological battle the other side is trying to frustrate you the other side wants to make you seem like a loser the other side is overjoyed when you are angry when you don't know how to respond right so please remember uh, as much as we 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 cringe and outrage and all of that for whatever cause you believe in it could be right to education it could be relocation of kashmiri pandits it could be temple freedom it could be whatever it is right as important as it is to talk about a problem it is important to identify practical solutions that actually work and take inspiration from people that have implemented those solutions not people who have complained about it ki sarkar kuch nahi kar rahi hai humne to modi ko vote de diya how dare they but actually focus on the idea of the karyakarta karya right um, you know for those of you who attended my talks you know i have a major bias for skin in the game uh, i have a major bias for doing over talking um, and i hope that can be the one big takeaway that uh, success is possible if we focus on the solution and not the problem right i am hoping with time we collectively are able to graduate or evolve from doing research to results i am hoping we can evolve from uh, outrage to output right i am hoping we can evolve from whining all the time to actually winning some of these battles otherwise we will remain we will remain a culture of people who kept losing one battle after the other uh and every generation sat and documented and lamented the earlier generations in action so i'm hoping we can collectively choose to make that change in whatever cause you believe you see i always give people the the example of kurukshetra you know during mahabharat you didn't have the pandav saying uh 100 to 5 hashtag #unfair right you didn't have the pandav saying that oh you know the, there is a huge core of conspiracy to bring down uh, you know this raja there was none of that happening there was a small bunch of people who decided ki yaar ye dharmyudh hai isko ladna hai when they did they got the right mentorship when they did they got multiple clans and kingdoms that came and supported them and in the end they won they won why because they decided to get into the ring and fight they did not win because they sat in their rooms and give gali to the korav kare tumne dwapadi ki saadi kaise kheech di tumko sharam nahi aati you know so on so forth uh, and i'm hoping each of us can find ways to collaborate uh, like you had the multiple uh, kingdoms and clans uh, supporting 
Pandavas in in the, during Mahabharat. I hope you guys can support each other. Of course, if you can support data reveals great. Uh, if you have data, if you have analysis that can help change narrative, do send it to us. If you are if you are out writing an article, uh, posting something on Facebook, on Twitter, or whatever it is, do check out data reveals because chances are we will have something that can help you change somebody's mind. And I think that is what we that is what is most important. Going back to the red and blue graph, if you remember, I think what's important is we move beyond our echo chambers, right? We move beyond our WhatsApp groups. our talk clubs our lit fests our conferences our magazines blah 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 into changing minds on the other side um, and that happens uh, when you present fact and not an opinion so i'm hoping we all can be in this dharmyut together dhanyawad dhanyosmi it's it's always a pleasure to have this conversation with like minded people our website is datareveals.org uh, i'm going to leave this screen on for 30 seconds because i'd like each of you to take out your phones right now or if you're in your laptops go to twitter go to insta go to facebook go to at @data rvls at @data rvls rvls is short for reveals and follow subscribe etc whatever you need to do so you can become a part of the conversation and you can be equipped with tools to have a powerful conversation where you move from labeling and abuse and name calling into proving the other person to be wrong uh with that thank you and i guess open to q and a i, I suspect so we mostly find ourselves uh defending uh what i you know i'm just going to call it the alternate narrative which essentially like you mentioned may also be considered in the context of this particular conversation perhaps the leftist narrative um you know which is inevitably led us to be on the back foot and just play defensive constantly you know what i want to ask you is that you know somebody who wants to have a skin in the game and somebody who wants to be proactive what can one do proactively so that not only do we constantly find ourselves defending the alternate narrative but continually building a right narrative which is setting the precedence for you know the world to see an alternate reality as well so this is kya karte hain ki wo jo left jo bol raha hai usko are isne ye galat bola ye dekho ye sahi hai are isne ye kaise bola ye dekho ye sahi hai but kya hamare hamara ek jo narrative building hai that is so poor even goes for the current government in power very poor narrative building so how can we uh, you know how can we sort of tackle that as just common citizens like you mentioned chanika that's a beautiful question chanika ji now so it's very interesting i I'd, i'd like to use the whole whole uh, uh, war analogy here right you you need a flank that defends you need a flank that plans you need a flank that uh, that that goes aggressive right and uh, i believe that each of these flanks are going to come from very different spaces right now uh as far as india is concerned and this is something i strongly believe right so you know we were brutalized by people uh you know from the middle east for for centuries then you had colonizers coming from europe uk blah blah, blah. uh so if you look at us we've been you know raped plundered pillaged for centuries 
and it's very common for people to suffer uh, you know for for collective stress to set in you know so I, i always say this right india suffers from collective ptsd stress stress disorder now when that has happened it takes it takes a while to just overcome that pain uh, or that trauma and i think that has started only in our generation uh and this is why we are not able to speak as boldly as we deserve to speak right um a lot of people like to blame let's say my parents generation or our parents generation and i tell them here they were living in very different circumstances most of them were born while india was not yet independent or just after that uh the the ethos the resource constraint the money constraint the job constraints at that time uh they could not afford to think the way we do um so i don't blame us for not having built institutions that could set the narrative it is a direct outcome of two things one is uh economic might which india did not have till recently uh second is the amount of self confidence that we have collectively um so i don't blame us for not having built the institutions yet what we can do is uh to to show that the halo that others claim around their head is actually not bright matlab ek farji you know made in china led light hai jiske wajah se jiske aapko lag raha hai ki wo halo hai right uh, and when i say aapko i mean any reader any consumer uh, so i think we need to do both these things uh, there is a separate effort again i am not going to comment on uh, you know the government and media this and that look everybody is doing the best they can why people are not being able to own the narrative hold it you know uh, hold it by the horns and, and build the narrative they want to I, i have no idea what while all that is happening that will happen at multiple levels that will happen at a diplomatic level it will happen at a government level it will happen at a private player level it happen at all levels while that is happening what we can do is to start calling out the lies and and factually countering uh and by the process you know through the process discrediting the other side who unfortunately has set the standard today you see if you're a disruptor if you're new in the market you will disrupt what is the set standard right only if you disrupt a set standard can you create an alternate standard uh, by yourself and i think we're still at that phase uh, and these things are neither short nor easy i mean they 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 take years and decades perhaps even generations uh, to reverse that i mean the uk aaj tak wo colonial time ka paisa baith ke kha raha hai right uh, and, and i'm not saying this is what the uk government says i mean they still have billions and billions of dollars in receipts uh, for literally crimes they committed during colonial era so this will take time but you have to unseat an existing player to take his seat and i think these have to be sequential in the beginning then parallel processes and then you focus on the narrative setting uh, uh story you start with breaking the other side's narrative then you start building your own narrative then there's no need for breaking the narrative and then you build your own narrative and i think that's going to happen china has been through that journey already if you look at it uh, over the last 20 years i don't know if it does that answer your question chai 
Uh, Nate, thank you, Anuragji. I think uh, the way you concluded it by saying that, you know, it has to happen sequentially and you have to dethrone the current narrative builders to, you know, build our own narrative. I think that helps. Uh, thank you for that. Appreciate it. First of all, Diwali and Govardhan ki bahut bahut Anuragji, my question, uh, first of all, thank you so much for the initiative. And um, uh, we could see that, you know, we have seen that emotions always overpower us. It's a humane thing. However, if you have data and if you can present the data in a certain way, it does help you. My two questions would be, um, I've jotted it down for so just one second. One is, um, the lady before we talked about creating narrative, my question is on the same lines, but a little different. So I'm talking about narrative, uh, which is the problem on the other side, which means, uh, is the website also addressing or at least equipping people to understand that there are problems in other societies also? For example, uh, race in US. The other one would be how the wokeism is taking over, you know, has already taken over academia, is getting into judiciary and other uh, places. Uh, so to understand the narrative, which is probably not relevant to India, but for people to understand that, yes, there are other things also there, which you can use as a I won't say as a as an ammunition against the other party, but at least for you to understand that you are not the only one who has issues. And we have issues. Every society has issues. Um, yes. Second one will be to understand the global epidemic issues. So, for example, I will not shy away from saying that Delhi is unsafe, but that Delhi is as safe and as unsafe as any other city in the world. So to say that Delhi's rape capital would not be fair, but to come and defend Delhi altogether would not be right. So how would the audience understand the global narrative? So domestic violence is not prevalent in India. Uh, data shows that during pandemic, when there was a lockdown, China has 300% increase in domestic violence. And it is not just China. It is also West out there. So uh, would the website also under help the audience understand the global problems and understand that, yes, we do have a problem, but then others also have a similar problem. And together, how do we come together and, and understand it? I don't know, cure it would be the right thing or not, but yeah, to understand it at least. I hope you have got the question from my rumbling. I I I think I have got the questions. Uh, if 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 my answer is not, uh, uh, if, if I'm answering something else, then uh, we'll probably have to, you know, come in again and and, and repeat it for me. But uh, let let me take. Two things, you know, look, um, I, I'm really interested in your first question, right? I think, you see, India doesn't weigh in enough on inadequacies of other societies, right? And I think, honestly, we need to start doing that, not because it is the right thing to do, but because we should believe in reciprocity, right? Uh, if somebody in the UK thinks they have the right to hold a referendum on Khalistan, we should hold a referendum on freeing uh, Ireland and Scotland and Wales uh, from the, uh, you know, from British rule uh, as, as they fought for it themselves for ages. Uh, and not very long back, around the same time as Khalistan, as the Khalistan uh, movement or, or resistance. I do believe you know, there's a lot of pockets, unfortunately. And, and the good thing is, if we just wait long enough, and it won't be very long, a lot of these pockets from where this nonsense is coming out, 
will self destruct right uh, two or three years back you know i was watching a very interesting episode of simpsons recently if you think about it right simpsons is is a hardcore uh, kind of california hollywood born and you'd expect them uh, to be totally bought into the woke narrative and very recently uh, they had a 3 4 minute clip on how the villain goes to make a donation to his alma mater which is yale and is faced by all these woke students and he then decides ke nahi bas inko main paisa nahi de sakta but when you see simpsons mocking uh, woke culture in in universities then you know ki bas it's gotten too far right so i think a lot of it will self destruct uh, some of it needs to come from uh, some of some of the showing of the mirror on issues like race issues like wokeism etc needs to come uh, needs to come from uh, from india or from any you know I, look i like uh, jasoda the I, i hate this whole nomenclature of developed country and developing country i like the whole idea of ascending nation and descending nation right and ascending nation will need to show a descending nation why they became a descending nation in the first place uh, and that time and place will come right uh, on your second question on uh, you know and i think uh, you know sexual abuse is a great example of your of your second question uh, there are so many crimes which may not have much to do with a culture or community or a country but it's attributed to these all the time there are a lot like crimes against women are a great example although there are certain communities certain faiths where women's rights are consciously curbed because of which crimes against women are way higher over there uh, at the end of the day at a fundamental level it is a gender crime it is not a culture crime it is not a not wholly a culture crime not wholly a, a country related crime uh, and when we put out data like the way we do i'm sure it will help bust some of those narratives uh but you know the thing i'd like you to remember is that uh data reveals is a community exercise it's a crowdsourcing exercise so the platform becomes as strong as people that contribute to it so for example jasoda uh, jasoda ji if you feel heavily about a particular issue if you want to talk about say domestic violence during the during the pandemic then by all means pull the data out uh analyze it and we'll publish it we'll run it we'll help push the data out there we'll help advocate for the cause uh and like i mean if you go to our website right you will see there are it's not key we are trying to rara pro india only there's a whole bunch of causes there's a whole bunch of uh metrics where india is worse than uh, than other countries and we've put it out there our job is to only put facts out there and people can then use that to draw whatever conclusions they need to but yes i think as as we grow as we develop as more and more people join us in our fight we will get to the stage that you're talking about i am going through your whole lecture what i found is you are stressing more on creating the counter narrative with the truth the data and my question is why not uh, we trace why this is happening who are the people uh, who are the people who are helping the international platform to create those narratives they are our own people uh, they have their in the pretext of freedom of expression or whatever the international praise uh, all these things why why we don't have any control why do we don't have if i going back to the government governance or the it rules 
we are still stuck with the 67, 67A IT Act. We have not done anything with that itself. So while you counter those things with the data, truth, everything is okay. But at the same time, don't you feel that uh, we should have, because these macro narratives are a result of the micro narratives at the home. It doesn't come uh, automatically. So, and these micro narratives are completely dependent on your uh, political affiliation, your caste, religion, a lot of factors, a lot of factors. You have a compulsion to believe those narratives. And while you are presenting the truth, the political narratives, uh, political affiliation, your caste, religion, all these things, they dominate. Sometimes even the truth will, truth will fail. I, I got the question. Yeah. So, so simple answer, Subenduji. Look, I am a small guy. I, I do not have the uh, temerity to ask why is government not doing their job? Why is USA not doing their job? Why is media not doing their job? Why is activists not doing their job? Why is UN not doing their job? I am sitting here asking, what can I do? In my limited capacity, I have two choices. I can either say, why is somebody else not doing their job? And keep complaining for years or anti others are not doing their job. Or I can fix the problem that I see. Okay. And the, again, I'm not saying that's the right approach. I'm all I'm saying is that is my approach, which for me has worked in the past, delivering on what cause I care for. So, as a simple example, for those of you who know me in my uh, with the other cause I believe in, uh, India Pride Project. There were a lot of people for who for many, many years, they've made a career out of complaining. Why is the government not? Uh, so for those of you who don't know India Pride Project, it, it's a project to build the case that our heritage needs to come back home. It's a very simple thing. Uh, you know, our, our, our mandir se murti chori ho jati hai, fort se, museum se chori ho jata hai. We, we build the case and make sure that heritage that belongs to certain communities, certain places, that has been taken away is brought back. That's it, right? For years and decades before we started India Pride Project, people had made a career out of complaining, Ki boss, why is this museum keeping this murti? Why is our government not asking for that murti back? You know, why is that government not offering this murti back? Why is police not filing an FIR? Why is reporter not reporting a crime? People have... People have made fan followings. You know, they've given talk after talks. They've written books and earned a lot of royalty. You know, they consider themselves to be, you know, filmy heroes. You know, the whole Rajnikanth syndrome. Out of doing what? Out of just complaining for years. But nothing ever happens. Uh, so my view on this is very simple. Ki before I have the right to ask somebody else, why are they not doing this or that or the other? I have to ask, ki, am I doing what I can do within my capability to solve that problem. If someday the government takes it up, if someday the United Nations takes it up or media takes it up or, you know, Press Club of India or whatever takes it up, then great. Till that time, we are fighting our battle. Till that time, we are ensuring that the right thing happens, like it happened with our vaccination narrative. You see, for the whole, for the last year, year and a half, everybody had been abusing India. Using using extremely creative journalism, right? Uh, and and just by putting a little bit of effort into it, we were able to change that narrative. 
and i'd like to focus on what it is possible for us to do when we choose to do it otherwise though you know every morning on whatsapp guaranteed you'll get two things boss ek to good morning jai shri krishna message milega aapko dusra aapko koi complaint milega right oh beyond the point we are too old to focus on all those things here so today when you refer to platforms like Re- uh, republic or op india then it is not considered scholarly even in colleges and universities for being biased towards right and uh, even uh, i completely are not denying that and uh, but when it comes to the print or wire or ndtv the first impression is that these are neutral and hence should be referred so is the right doing any fundamental mistake in establishing themselves as a credible source for a layman you see right or wrong should only be judged on the merit of the output the proof of the pudding is in eating it right uh if you are not getting the results you wanted then clearly there is a better way of doing something that, that's that's how i i believe it right I, uh you know agar aap coffee bana rahe ho aur aapko jam nahi rahi hai to ya to usme doodh ka quantity change karna hai ya chini ka ya coffee powder ka ya pani ka ya temperature change karna hai ya texture change karna hai so i think you know so there is you see at some point we need to stop begging ourselves doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are at some point you have to stop begging yourself to a baseline that somebody else is say setting on the other side of the ideological spectrum and we need to stop being jealous of the kind of validation they get let them get the kind of validation they need we have to figure out how we can strengthen our institutions to become stronger than any benchmark anybody has ever set right so again i can't you see we can't change the nature of the university university system the peer review system the way journals are published the way you know it's decades and decades of an advantage the other side has built with time i'm hoping that our institutions can learn how to build a similar advantage i hope we can all all be ambitious uh, like people on the other side uh, have been uh, yeah and, and and i hope i hope that can happen uh, so another question is why we as bharat are being targeted is it because of religion economy what are your thoughts on it? you see i think the world has realized that they've missed the bus with china right the west realized very late you know by the time they realized it china had already become huge right i don't think they want to make that mistake with india given that they very recently in the last couple of decades made it with china uh whether we like it or not uh geopolitics is alpha male in its very nature it's full of type a personalities they look at every interaction and every conversation as a competition right so all of us has that friend uh, you know if you say yaar uh, saturday ko maine ek picture dekhi to bolega yaar maine to do picture dekhi uh, then you have that uh, friend who you go and say you know last night i had you know main main 20 pani puri kha gaya your friend tells you kare main to 25 kha gaya you know so unfortunately geopolitics is filled by people like that who want to compete without knowing what they are competing for um when you look at a lot of metrics in terms of trade in terms of gdp in terms of healthcare 
education a whole bunch china has 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 moved at a pace where the west could not imagine uh and i i think they're watching india very closely to say ki hey are we losing our our position to india uh, you see two years back india overtook uk to become the fifth largest economy in the world that's a very big move here yeah? think about it in, within one generation a country that colonized you is smaller than you that's huge progress huh? and if you become a 5 trillion economy trillion dollar economy that becomes a bigger economy so so you see why why there is a lot of resistance uh, to india achieving uh, its potential and, and it is bound to be there it is it is absolutely bound to be there uh, and again like i said you know it, it doesn't even happen at a country level it happens at an individual level right you see there are personally i can tell you right uh, and i'm not just talking of me i'm talking of people who i hugely respect the minute they start becoming uh, relevant you suddenly start hearing gossips and rumor about them, right uh, whatsapp pe koi phone karke bolta hai ki are tune suna kya ki aisa hai aisa hai kind of stuff right uh, the world is small and you finally get to know ki kaun kiske bare mein kya bol raha hai kaun kitna insecure hai this and that but the insecurity because of which individuals are pulled down is the same insecurity because of which nations are also pulled down and that is something we should expect we should not fret it we should not complain about it we should be happy that it is happening uh, you know the fact that somebody is investing their energy in uh, trying to pull you down means you must be relevant you are unsettling them in some way absolutely anurag ji uh, next question is is there any change in the level after 20, uh, 2014 when a rightist government came to power is there any study to prove that See, first of all, I don't understand the idea of rightist and leftist. Right? I I, I hate calling myself rightist or leftist. It is an archaic con- construct. It is a French construct. It is irrelevant to India. And I hope we stop calling ourselves right wing or left wing or the other. Right? Uh, it has no bearing or relevance to to any of us. Not just to Indians, but to any Asians for that matter. The way I look at it, the question itself is irrelevant. You know. स्कूल में कुछ क्वेश्चन में बोल देते थे ना डेटा इनसेफिशियंट सो दिस इज वन ऑफ दो डेटाफिशियंटिकल आइडियोलॉजी एंड इट्स नॉट यूनिक टू इंडिया the democrat president comes the republican publications become active it happens all over the world uh, it's happening in ghana as we speak right now you know so i don't know why we get very worked up about it and we feel that somehow we are the only victims of a narrative battle and all of that it's not it's not the case at all i mean ye har ghar mein hota hai har classroom mein hota hai har group of friends mein hota hai and it happens at a national and international level as well we just have to figure out how we emerge victorious uh, and instead of yeah we just have to figure out how how we make it work for us and not question whether it is happening or not because it has always happened you know it, it has literally always happened i mean ramayan mahabharat ke time we were talking of you know uh, 3000 some years back you know uh, you had enough people there building narratives against people that were righteous and that's how it worked 
एंड देन काउंटर नैरेटिव इज वेल की यू नो अश्वत्थामा मारा गया वो भी नैरेटिव बिल्डिंग ही है सर आई हैव अ क्वेश्चन दैट हाउ डू वी टैकल नैरेटिव्स लाइक से द लेफ्टिस्ट पीपल प्रोपगेट दैट सर्टेन एक्स वाई जेड कम्युनिटी डरी हुई है राइट एंड दे पुट आउट कैब स्टोरीज राइट लाइक टुडे आई मेड अ कैब ड्राइवर एंड ही सेड एक्स वाई जेड एंड आई डोंट फील सेफ इन दिस कंट्री सो हाउ डू यू टैकल दैट काइंड ऑफ नैरेटिव right it's now um, you can't quantify it but we have to tackle that kind of narrative right so how can we quantify it and uh, tackle that narrative because there is no data for it yeah so unfortunately you know this is this is you know this is one of the i won't say one of the reasons data reveals was founded but one of our foundational principles was i hope we can show the power of data enough so that firs in india start capturing all the fields of information that can be analyzed right everything from education level to religion uh, to age to you know any kind of information there could be 40 50 fields of data that could matter that could that should matter otherwise i think honestly here my personal view right all this you know i met a cab driver and you know my kamali bai told me so and all of that i i think i i think that has run its course i mean people are able to see through that nonsense already and i would say you know let people keep doing that because in a way they are ending up mocking themselves right i mean if you're a if you're a world famous economist and your primary source of data is is, is a cabby uh, you see forget when i went to business school and this and that right uh, back in, in in school and college we were taught about anecdotal information right that we were taught about things like sample size right sample size how do you calculate a sample size if you're talking about a country the size of india uh, with a billion plus people what is the sample size you take before figuring out if somebody is dara hua or not now if if an economist or a journalist or an author or whoever is saying my sample size is one you know my driver my tailor my kamali bai whatever if my sample size is one based on which i am coming up with this mega conclusion then let them uh, let them paint their incompetence all over town why do you have to stop them next up we have a question uh, when the person is asking you to clarify on current issue like uh, industry contribution in gdp how is it letting the gdp down So if you have any data to share on that aspect uh unfortunately i i don't have uh, i don't have data off the top of my top of my head uh but yeah that's perhaps something we should be analyzing in fact one of the goals i've set uh, for 2022 is for us to get financial data uh on gdp data on on growth you know growth by industry and especially by industries which are which are originally indigenous to to bharat on bankruptcies you know on on taxation uh, on, on transmission losses taxation losses so 2022 may i hope we'll be focusing there but again i invite you you know if that's a specific area of interest or focus you have we'll be more than happy to uh, to host your data when you get in touch with us and i see that shashank bhavaraju is on this call as well uh, in fact he is really the Uh, the axle or the strength behind uh, data reveals you should reach out if you if you have data that that we could host uh, or on gdp or industry contribution etc we'll be more than happy to host it 
you explained how propaganda and fake news can be busted with the help of fact uh, so similarly is there any specific way through which selective reportage or media houses they can also be tackled look there are there are a couple of levels at which this can happen one is at an institutional or a government level the other can happen at uh, the other can happen at a you know at a private player level what can we do um, i believe because of the socialist nature of india we tend to always lean on the government and expect ki boss aap solution provide karoge right you see the government has done a lot and look take an example of the prasar bharati news service right it's headed by this dynamic man samir kumar you know it's it's become an alternative to biased you know news services if you, if you see how the news service i'm not talking about newspapers and magazines i'm talking about news services which are businesses that provide base news to newspapers and magazines usi level pe ye selective reporting you know there used to be a lot of selective reporting and prasar bharati news service is correcting that at some level uh, at the other level i think we should just keep calling it out and we should call it out politely factually and firmly instead of labeling instead of calling names instead of saying you know instead of alleging this that and the other we should use facts or data whenever we can and say hey by the way in fact be super polite say boss i don't know if it is intentional or if you are actually ignorant but here is what the full picture looks like and uh, interestingly we've done it multiple times i mean there was uh, actually i won't share names but i'll give you i'll give you a real example there was one particular uh, journalist who who wrote about india in a foreign uh, foreign newspaper recently well not recent it's been a few months back this was around the kathwa incident right on how the indian establishment has uh, let down its women and all of that uh, and a lot of people on twitter just went and posted the graphs that i showed you earlier today they said you know what the establishment is not letting down women this is a crime that one gender perpetuates on the other and interestingly this is a crime that even the other gender perpetuates you know so uh it's very interesting like for me uh i was i felt enlightened to find out that there are many women that are also convicted of rape not just accused uh and we said look this is this is this is a, a mental sickness or a mental disorder this has nothing to do whether you're indian or you know malaysian or australian or whatever it is now we so when this when this person went and wrote you know uh, did this whole selective reporting average users on twitter and whatever like yourself went and responded to it using data and very quickly very quickly the the narrative that this person was trying to build was busted and i can't tell you much of what happened uh, in the background but I, what i can tell you is that it did make an impact it did make a very very strong impact right the same thing for example is happening now with this whole diwali nonsense right you see you see iit and terry which is the largest uh, you know it's one of the most reputed bodies iit and terry have already done their analysis and put out data that diwali crackers are not even in the top 10 contributors to smoke and smog and pollution at this time right not even in the top 
फॉरगेट टॉप वन और टू राइट बट नेरेटिव फॉर द लास्ट सो मेनी ईयर्स के अरे दिवाली की वजह से ये इश्यू हो रहा है राइट so much so that supreme court is basing uh, their opinion on all this kind of information when the scientists are actually saying it is not true right now what has happened over the last few days you know we and others have put out information saying no look at the contribution because of crop burning in in punjab and look at the contribution of uh, diwali crackers here uh, and suddenly that narrative is being set right now uh, and, and even mainstream media has already started saying you know i saw a report on ndtv today they were talking about how 32% of the if i remember correctly 32% of delhi pollution is coming from the crop burning happening in punjab so the narrative is will change once you start calling it out using facts using data you see because an opinion anyone can counter right you know if i ask you what's your favorite color and you say blue i can say nahi yaar blue kyun hai orange kyun nahi ho sakta right but if i ask you which is the most used color on clothes let's say right and you give me a bar graph that says ki okay blue is the most used color then it's very tough for me to fight with you after that jagadne ke liye kuch bachta hi nahi hai and i think that conversation needs to move and it's very easy to bust out selective reporting i mean very very easy i think there's one suggestion it's not a question uh, so the person is saying they need an analysis of suicides in the last two years where profession age and a uh, reason wise analysis can be drawn out of it so there is already some analysis uh, done on suicide rates across countries but again like i said right i mean data reveals as a platform if you feel that analyzing a particular metric will add value to you and to the larger community by all means please make that analysis send it to us we will validate it we will put it in a nice uh, uh, graph we will publish it of course we will attribute it attribute it to you as the author but if you think data on uh, on on suicide rates according to you know age profession whatever is important then by all means do conduct that analysis send it to us we will host it we will give you credit for it and hopefully it will change uh, you know 10000 mile minds uh, once you do yes sir it was a very enlightening session i totally enjoyed it and i'm sure i i am saying that on the behalf of everyone in the audience yeah, dekho, you you enjoyed it because we are all in the deepavali spirit <laughs> right so so therefore we enjoyed it you know uh, in the deepavali spirit i'll end by saying ki uh, you know jab jab lanka ka nash kar raha tha na then it hanuman ji did not sit you know on top of the mountain or on the seaside saying yaar ravan aisa kyu kar raha hai ravan ke paas itna paisa kyu hai right sab log ravan ko pandit mante hai but dekho ravan itna ghatiya aadmi hai main ravan ke bare mein perception kaise change karu hanuman didn't do any of that stuff right he said boss you know sita maiya hai meri anadar hua hai isko theek karna hai main kya kar sakta hu what can i do to make sure that we we earn back or take back the respect that has taken that has been taken away from us so i hope at the end of this we are all able to do that for whatever cause you believe in as far as data reveals is concerned uh, i hope uh, you're able to help us through through articles through information etc etc and leverage us use us as much as you can that's when 
instead of a bunch of outraged, angry, frustrated victims, we start looking as at very we start looking like very intelligent, calm, composed, dignified people that can uh, that can counter the narrative, and that will scare the other side so much. Trust me, uh, you won't. You can't believe how much that scares the other side. My question is very simple. Uh, I still have to visit the data. I have opened up the website, but I'll go through it in detail. Um, when you said generate the data, so does it mean that one has to generate the data and do the analysis, or can the analysis be done on an existing data? Which means, so, do I have to go and do a survey and then do an analysis on it, or can it be done on uh, data published by a reputed firm, of course? So. Uh, but we have two categories of analysis that we do. Primarily, we focus our analysis only on official data. Official means three or four sources, governments, United Nations, World Bank, primarily. Government could also mean government agencies. It could be courts, it could be enforcement agencies, it could be various ministries, etc., etc. There are some like World Bank, ADB, etc. So the reason we do it is so that we don't have to struggle with whether data is authentic or not. So that's the primary source of our data. In some cases, we also look at secondary data, which other credible people have uh, published, but then we tag it as data bytes, which is, you know, so, so we tag it and say, okay, this graph is not from official government or United Nations data. This is from another source of data. But if you'd like to conduct uh, analysis, uh, I can see in the chat box here, Shashank has just posted, you know, dropping us a mail at hello at datareveals.org. There is also a participate tab on our website, which will tell you exactly how you can get involved. But yeah, there is, trust me, there is just so much data out there that is begging to be analyzed that you actually don't have to conduct surveys and, so, you know, uh, you don't have to go creating data, looking for it, et cetera, et cetera. There is just so much out there that is waiting to be analyzed. You'll be surprised when you start it. 